Hello there, and welcome back to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. I'm your host, Cindy Norton. Here in episode 25, I'm going to chat with Jane Carter about how to get unstuck in your decision-making in private practice. Let's get started. Have you been wanting to start your private practice, but you can't seem to take that first step? Maybe you're afraid of failure or lack confidence, or maybe the idea of running your own practice is overwhelming. I'm Cindy Norton, owner of Mountain Practice Journeys, and I help therapists and counselors to love the business side of private practice. I'll share with you practical skills and advice, along with a healthy dose of inspiration so that you can be on your way to the practice of your dreams. Put on your hiking boots and let's get going. If you haven't yet listened to episode 24, I urge you to do that. In that episode, I talk about the importance of celebrating your successes. Now let's get on to my interview with Jane. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast, Jane. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so glad to be back. Thanks for having me, Cindy. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, we've got a new topic today about decision making. And this can be a really, really huge topic, especially for those in private practice, because there are so many ways that we can get tripped up or stuck or frozen with all the decisions that we have to make in owning a business. So yeah, what are some of the things that you want to talk about today about this huge topic? Oh man, there's so much I could say. And, and, and first of all, I want to say that the, the reason this is so important, especially for people in private practice or going into private practice is they may not realize how many decisions they're going to have to make along the way. So Seth Godin is a marketing guy I really like. And he says, you know, do you know what entrepreneurs make? They make decisions. <laughs> it's, it really is just a series of decisions coming at you as you're running your own business. And so it's really important for people to learn how to kind of create that muscle, that decision-making muscle, and really get skilled at dealing with big and even little decisions in their business. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, I know that even just thinking about the topic of decision making, like you said, there's so many decisions that therapists have to make um, and just anyone starting their own business. But a lot of times we do get get caught up in that. And just knowing that a lot of times there's not going to be a, a right decision. It just there's options and we we pick we pick something, we go with it, and then we know if it works or if it might have been the right decision. And then we can we can adjust and do something different. And that's how we learn. Yeah. It's so so going into business for yourself, which I mean, gosh, that alone is a huge decision, right? Should mm-hmm. I leave my job and go into private practice? That's a huge decision. And for any of you who've made that decision, congratulations, <laughs> you made the biggest one, right? Um, you know, last time we talked about leaping off the cliff, that's a big decision. That's Mm -hmm. hard. Um, so yes, it's kind of your, your business is kind of a microcosm of all of these life skills and life issues that you're already dealing with. They just come up in a new way in your business. Mm -hmm. So I always talk about how your business is here to grow you. And one that way that it's here to grow you is that, Every step along the way, as you're facing decisions, you're deciding what are my values and how are they going to inform these decisions? Um, Am I going to step into the leader role 
or not? Or I'm going to, am I going to let someone else decide for me? Um, can I be nice to myself? (laughs) So, (laughs) um, one of the things that I've learned, and and can I tell a side story by the way? Sorry. Of course. They're always so helpful. (laughs) Okay. All right. You'll have to get me back on track. But the every, anytime I'm talking about decision-making, I kind of laugh at myself because as a people pleasing perfectionist, um, in high school, I was absolutely overwhelmed and frozen in my college decision. And my friends kind of made fun of me for it because I was so stressed out that I had to make the right decision. And and it trickled down into like, what cereal should I have in the morning? Oh, what should I decide? You know, (laughs) but it was all about this big college decision. And so my senior prediction in the kind of satire newspaper, you know, that they did for seniors was uh, Jane Carter grows up to be a therapist specializing in people with decision-making problems. (laughs) 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 And here I am. So the power of stating it out loud, right? Um, So here I am talking about decision-making. So it's, it's an opportunity (laughs) for self-compassion. And, and let me, let me back up and say, you know, in order to make good decisions or just to be able to move forward in making a decision, I really think it's important that you decide ahead of time that you're going to accept that there is no such thing as a perfect decision. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, there are those moments where we go, Oh man, nailed it. That turned out perfectly. I'm so glad that went well. Um, but for the most part, there are going to be pros and cons to everything. And where we get into trouble is when we know that and maybe even make a pro and con list. And then we pick one and then we beat up on ourselves because there turned out to be cons to that decision. Mm -hmm. Right. We already knew it was going to be the case. So if you can decide ahead of time that you're going to be kind to yourself, even if it turns out to be the quote unquote wrong decision, or if it doesn't turn out well, man, that is an opportunity for personal growth, right? Just learning how to be Mm self-compassionate and learning how to say, oops. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that there really, yeah, there isn't a right decision. And with every decision that you make, there's going to be pros and cons. Mm -hmm. And where you come up on problems is when you get stuck in that and you don't make any decisions at all and you're not moving forward in your business and you may end up just moving backwards and everyone else that's able to make decisions are plowing ahead, even though they might not be the best decisions and they're going to have cons, you're still in that motion. You're still moving. You're not stagnant. Yeah. Yeah. Not deciding is also a decision. Yeah. <laughs> There's no such thing as not deciding. I, this isn't a private practice example, but I think it's a metaphor or, you know, it's an analogy that, that speaks to a lot of people's situations where I was leading at a wilderness trip and we came to a a little crossroads in the trail and the map was just really unclear and we knew we needed to find our path. It was a long trip. So it was really important that we stay on the correct path. And, you know, we did the usual process of them kind of laying out the map and navigating and, and, you know, at some point they just needed to decide. And 
there were a couple of people in the group who were so insistent, like, but we have to have certainty. We have to know if this is the right pathway. And this process of deciding it was moving on from 15 minutes to 30 minutes to 45 minutes to, you know, an hour later, we're still just standing there in the same spot and people are feeling more tired because they're just sitting there. Right. Mm -hmm. And in that time, we very easily could have sent you know, the the group could have chosen to send a couple of scouts down the pathway and they could have gone down the trail and come back and confirmed, yes, this is the right way. Yeah. (laughs) Just that sitting there going, but what if we're wrong? That got the whole group completely stagnant and frustrated Mm -hmm. and annoyed with each other. So I think sometimes we can do that to ourselves in our business. Yeah, I think that's a perfect metaphor. Just imagining that you're on your private practice journey and you're on this trail and then it splits into two and you're trying to decide which way to go. And you may have a map, but it may not be very clear and you are feeling unsure of yourself. But yeah, if you don't move forward, you're, you're just going to stand there. But and you can weigh the pros and cons of those two different trails like, oh, this trail looks a little uh, steeper. This one looks a little flatter. But what's it going to look like once I get a little bit further down the road? And With that, at any point in time, I mean, you you pick one. I mean, that's you've got your two options. You pick one, you go down it, and you need to experience it and see what it's going to be like before you know if you've taken the right path. Because a lot of times, when you're standing there where there's a fork in the road, you you can't know everything about each path. No. So I'll use an example Um, when I first went into private practice. I I didn't know if I was going to do insurance or not. I really knew (laughs) deep down, I didn't really want to, but I had a lot of fear and we'll talk about fear versus trust informed decisions in a minute. Um, But, you know, I was, I was just really nervous. So I was like, okay, you know what? I think I should take insurance at first and then I'll kind of wean off of it later. Um, So I made a decision. I said, okay, I'm going to do insurance. And I started the application process to get paneled And that alone was such a nightmare. Mm -hmm. Like they kept sending me and resending me the wrong application and you didn't fill in this box. I'm like, yes, I did. Oh, we sent you the wrong application. We'll resend the new one. And it wasn't the new one, you know, and just the back and forth was such a nightmare. And I wanted to throw my computer across the room. I was like, oh, I think I just got confirmation that I do not want to do insurance. Yeah, because you did make a decision. And even though you really didn't want to go that way, you're like, well, maybe I'll just go down this path for a little while. And you you just started it. And just as you started it, you're like, oh, whoa, this is not the right path for me. So you can turn around and go back to the fork in the road and then choose the private pay route. And you learn something from it. And that confirms your decision of the other path. Because maybe if you would have chosen private pay right away and didn't, you know, maybe try that, Mm -hmm. you might not have, you could have maybe questioned yourself because you did have that question to begin with and weren't a hundred percent sure either way. And it's like, let me try this out a little bit. Oh no, that is not for me. Let me walk back the trail a little bit and go the other way. Yeah. I I could have spent that whole time doing the coulda, shoulda, woulda thing. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should have done insurance and maybe I would have liked that. And maybe this, maybe that. And, and I, again, I'm not saying that everyone's decision has to be my decision. Um, For me, that was something where that experience confirmed a hunch I already had about myself. Mm -hmm. Whereas for someone else, you know, if, 
that they might've said, man, I had such an easy process getting paneled and it felt right. And man, it's been so easy. And I'm so glad that that's the decision I made. And that might've been what they already wanted to do, but we're afraid to go through the process. Um, We learn more and more about ourselves. The more we just make the decisions Uh and, and the more we risk making a mistake, um, that's, we learn that self-awareness, right? And mm-hmm. that self-awareness, if we can pay attention to it, it informs our future decisions. Yeah. And I think the more experience that you have making decisions, whether they may be the right or wrong ones for you, you just learn and grow in that. Because thinking about um, all the different options, like we were saying, there's no right or wrong decision, but there may be a right or wrong decision for this specific person. Yeah. And So the example of insurance versus private pay, like I knew a hundred percent that I did not want to take insurance Mm -hmm. and I, and that was in my gut. So I followed it, but it it didn't mean that there weren't like outside influences and all the messages about what that means to be a private pay therapist. So it did bother me a little bit, but I was still a hundred percent sure that I just know that the way that I'm wired, like I can't deal with any additional stress. I like things to be super easy. And um, I didn't want to be on the phone with insurance companies. I wanted to be able to provide premarital counseling, which is uncovered by insurance. And it just seemed like really complicated. And I want a really easy business. And, And I know friends that have had the absolute best experience with insurance. Like super easy to get paneled. They actually just hired someone to get them paneled. So they didn't have to do anything except provide some information. And it was a really smooth process. Um, They do their own billing, like through simple practice, just kind of click a button and hardly ever have any problems. So it's, it really is. And that's the right decision for them. Right. And I want to, I want to point out a couple of things. I have so many thoughts right now. (laughs) This always happens. I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I see three rabbit trails to go down. (laughs) So for you, so back to this idea that it's a a personal growth process for you um, saying no to insurance was a process of releasing your people pleasing, right? Mm Because everyone's got opinions and you were practicing going, you know what, I'm going to go with what I want to do. Right. And yeah. even if that's not what everyone else says you should do. Um, so, so for someone else who says, yeah, I did insurance. I hired someone else to help me get paneled. It was really easy. The lesson they may be learning is, oh, here's how easy it is when you start to outsource things and, mm-hmm. and not have, have to take on everything yourself and trust other people. Yeah. Um, so that might be their lesson of it's okay. It's okay to outsource and systemize and have it be simple. Right. So, so we're all learning these different lessons as we go with every decision we make. And, and what's funny is that if you're someone who listens to podcasts, which if you're listening to this one, you are, I, I listen to a ton of entrepreneurial podcasts because I work with solo entrepreneurs and basically what happens is everyone says, well, here was, here's what my story is. And here's what path I went down. So now let me generalize that to you. Here's how you do it. And the more I've listened, the more I'm like, I get contradictory advice on these podcasts from totally different business people. And they're basically saying, Hey, here's what worked for me. Yeah. Right. And, and you're going to hear a bunch of different things, but ultimately you have to be out there in the arena just taking those risks and making those decisions and take being in that leader role 
to figure out what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And I think using all of that as information, not that you should do this, because even on my podcast, I say all the time, I may say, oh, you should do this or you should do that. But I also say, don't listen to me, like only do this if it resonates with you, because you're going to hear so many different opinions. And I do like sharing maybe some of the things that have worked for me, but Mm -hmm. if it doesn't resonate, like ignore it, like you can take things that work for you and leave everything else behind. And if you are listening to all these different podcasts and that can sometimes cause some of that decision fatigue, because it's like, Oh, there are four different people saying four different things about the same topic. Well, that's been their experience and you're going to have to figure out your own experience. So if one of those four people said something that really resonated with you, then grab onto that and try it out. Because I'm thinking about that example of when I wanted to say, Hey, I work with happy couples. And it was like, I didn't see a lot of people doing that. And I got some negative feedback about that. Like, Oh, people aren't going to come and see you. But I listened to this podcast where this one woman was talking about having a similar practice where she worked with happy couples. And I'm like, oh, this is a thing. Like this is, and it almost gave me that permission by being able to hear this one person out of 20 people that were saying something totally different. Um, So maybe thinking about, you don't have to wait to hear it from that one person. If something really resonates with you, just go for it Um, because there's a reason that it resonates. Yeah. And again, if it fails, <laughs> you're, you, you've just learned something. You've got some data that you can move on from. Yeah. Right. And I, I love um, Derek Sivers says, you know, with all this conflicting advice, pick the advice that actually gets you moving. Like, what's the thing you're going to actually take action on? Okay, do that. Um, because there is so much conflicting advice out there. And, and I, I want to back up to something that you said with, um, creating your practice for happy couples, you had a clear vision of what kind of practice you wanted to create and who you wanted to be in that practice. And that's another principle for making good decisions is if you can be really clear in this is what I'm trying to create, then every time you have a little decision, whether it's, you know, what should I write about in my blog post this week, or should I do insurance or, you know, who should I network with or whatever. Every time you have a little decision that you have to face, you can go, well, this, does this get me closer to that vision or further away from that vision? I love that. That's perfect. Am I acting from where I want to be versus reacting to what's happening right now? Oh, that is I I want that to sink in with everyone because that is so important because there is so much out there Mm -hmm. and so much advice and it's easy to get caught up in what that is. And sometimes it will take it further away. So slowing down, getting really clear on your vision, what you want your practice to look like and making every decision based on, is this going to get me closer to that vision and that reality? Mm -hmm. And if it's not, even though it might, it could be a good thing for you to do in your business, but it might not be good for you at that exact moment. So don't let anything take you further away from what you're trying to create. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how much, once you set an intention and start to have a clear vision, you get these little tests. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, and, and what I mean by tests is you'll get these little opportunities that come up 
where it's like, well, ooh, well, this would be good exposure for me, even though it's not the audience I want to work with. Or, mm-hmm. you know, this is a little extra money, even though that's not where I want to be putting my energy. You know, you'll you'll have these little opportunities come up. And, you know, sometimes we go, well, sure, let me give that a try, find out some data, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Or if you're just starting out and you're struggling, if you're clear, okay, this is me just bringing in a little income just to get through the month, right? But often what can happen is we go, well, I should be excited about this opportunity. And what can seem like a good opportunity can be a bad, (laughs) like it can take you away from the bigger goal. And now you find yourself way off track and having to clean it up. And and that might be just taking non-ideal clients. I mean, the temptation to, when you know what kind of client you work best with and what kinds of clients you don't work well with, it is so tempting if you're starting out, especially to take paying clients who you're like, mm, I've got a couple of red flags here, but nah, I need the money, you know, yeah. <laughs> I want to have a full practice. So, and you know, that can end up being a huge energy suck and mm-hmm. it's not necessarily serving them. Right. Yeah. So it's, you have to keep your eye on the long game and it's hard sometimes and it gets tested sometimes. Yeah. With that example, just thinking about that, it may seem kind of small, like, oh, I could work with this client. They're not my ideal client. There are so many things that can happen as a result of that. One, you may end up getting more of those clients because people see you working with them, even though they're not your ideal. So it brings more of the clients that you don't love working with. Um, And then it may be because you don't love working with the clients, maybe you don't love your private practice as much and you're starting to feel a little burnout and resentful. And that's going to show up in your clinical work. And it may be that um, it, I don't know, there's so many, so many things that can happen as a result of, of getting, you know, uh, pulled away from your vision. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, again, back to this idea that your business is here to grow you, you know, your practice is providing all of these opportunities to know your clarity, recommit to your clarity. Um, It's providing you with, on on the flip side, um, the opportunity to just go, well, what am I willing to tolerate? And just kind of, yeah, I'll take what I can get, right? It's, again, it's this wonderful exercise in over and over again, practicing, trusting your clarity or committing to your clarity, you know, trusting your intuition. Um, Something occurred to me as we were talking earlier about the self-compassion thing, you know, sometimes people will say, well, but what's my intuition? How do I know if it's my intuition versus something else? Uh, And someone said to me once, I really appreciated this. They said, you know, your, your intuition isn't mean. (laughs) if it's a really like, you're going to screw this up. That's why you're right? like, mm-hmm. if it's that negative voice. If it's being mean to you, it's probably not your gut. Mm-hmm. If, oh. if it's your gut, like tightening up into a wad and going, I don't know about this, right? Uh-huh. That, okay. Spend a little time with it and go, okay, what, where's this coming from? Is this old fear and trauma or is this genuinely my, my intuition telling me this is a bad idea? But if it's a negative, mean voice, I, I, I'm not, I, I'm going to err on the side of saying that's probably more about your trauma. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a perfect way to get more clarity on your intuition because it can be hard to trust it sometimes, especially if you don't have that experience or you've never really trusted it before or you don't know how to. And that's a really great guidepost is that it's not going to be mean to you. Yeah, yeah. And so another idea that I I really want to get through is that... It is a, I mean, I think I'm getting, I hope I'm getting across that this is a skill, right? It's a, it really is a muscle that we develop. Um, And the more, so the more you practice, practice following your intuition, um, the better you get at determining, is this my intuition or is this something else, right? Um, The more you make little tiny decisions and learn how to do them fairly quickly and just go, you know what, I'm just going to pick something. Um, the faster you're able to do that in the future, because again, you develop your muscle, right? You also develop your oops muscle (laughs) and your ability to repair uh, when something doesn't go well. Um, But an idea that I think a lot of us forget is that decision-making is a physical process. It's not just this kind of abstract thing. It's, it happens in our body. It happens in our brain and our brain is a physical organ And we very much can get decision fatigue because we are using our blood glucose to make decisions or to sit on decisions. And that takes a lot of energy. It takes physical energy. Yeah. just, that reminds me of the things that maybe just having things on your to-do list that you see every day, but you just don't do. And because you're not making a decision about it. And sometimes if you just pick something that's going to take five minutes and get that done, then it's not taking up space in your brain anymore. And also things designing your life around not having to make as many decisions, making it really easy. Even the sample, like just examples of like, what do they call those? Like capsule wardrobes or something where, where you just have like your, your work outfit and this is what you wear and you just have a few options. And it may be that you have, several pairs of the same pants or in maybe a few different colored shirts to go with it. And then that's what you wear. So it's not even little decisions like that, or maybe it, for me, just picking this breakfast shake that I really like in the mornings. And that's just my breakfast. And it's so easy. I don't have to think about it. I mean, if I'm feeling something different, like oatmeal one day, yeah, sure. Fine. But I don't have to make that decision every single morning when I wake up, what am I going to have for breakfast? Exactly. That absolutely. I, 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 I'm so glad you brought this up. So this is why, you know, Steve Jobs always wore the black turtleneck and um, Obama always wore the same suit. And a lot of people have the same breakfast every day. I used to, it's at some point I realized that I was, repeating the same outfit for my Thursday clients inadvertently. So I said, you know what I should do to reduce the number? Cause you, you want to reduce the number of decisions you're making basically like do an audit of your life. Where can I cut out decisions? So I was like, you know, I think what I want to do is pick an outfit on Monday and I see different clients every day. So I'm going to wear that outfit for at least two or three days. I, mm-hmm. And that's my, that's my outfit of the week. And they don't know that it's my one outfit. And now, you know, for several days, you know, as long as I don't get sweaty and smelly, (laughs) (laughs) um, 
no one has to know that I just made that one decision and I don't have to decide the rest of the time. It was funny. I would get funny looks at the gym because I went to the gym every day. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, she's wearing the same skirt again. You know, it's Wednesday and she's, that's what she's worn the last two days. Um, but I didn't care about that, you know, but my clients were none the wiser. But that was just one way to cut out a decision. And so, yeah, because decision making is a physical process, if we can kind of eliminate having to make those little baby decisions and just automate whatever you can or just say, okay, for little stuff, I give myself two minutes to decide, right? Um, then you don't have to use all this energy agonizing. You know, this morning I did it. Oh my gosh, Cindy, full disclosure. So I, you know, during the pandemic, I signed up for Instacart and I've had my groceries delivered and I'd signed up for Instacart Express to save money on delivery. And I was like, you know, I I really miss going to the grocery store. I want to go to the grocery store more. Should I cancel my Instacart Express? (laughs) And I'm in the middle of some other bigger decisions. And I, I noticed that I was spending way too long going, well, what about saving that <laughs> delivery money? You know, but what if I'm going to want to keep doing Instacart? And what about the dog food? And what about this? And finally, and I caught myself and I was like, oh my gosh, just pick one, pick a lane, Jane. So I picked yeah. a lane and I was like, okay, I'm not doing Instacart. Um, and I can rejoin later. But anyway, all that to say, this personal example to say, we can get so bogged down in the little things versus going, all right, I'm setting a timer. I'm going to pick something here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause most of the decisions that we're going to make, it's not like you can't change it up later or decide something different later. Almost all of the decisions that we're making in our business, they're not permanent. They're not something that we cannot go back on. Even just the private pay insurance, you can switch back and forth as many times as you want, just depending on what's working for you at the moment. Um, not to say it's, I mean, it'll probably be a pain, but, and you're probably not going to do it more than like once or twice until you figure out what's really going to work for you. Uh, but just knowing, yeah, just picking the lane, going with it, and then you'll get your information and then you can feel confident in your decision. Yeah, absolutely. And and for the decisions that you can't go back on. So like, I couldn't, I'm going to go back to the college decision. I mm-hmm. couldn't go back in time and choose a different college with, and have the same freshman experience, blah, blah, blah. Um, I remember at that time, something that was really helpful to me was coming across someone saying, just make it the right decision. And and what they meant by that was, you know, for the decisions you can't just undo. Well, if you're committed to something, then do everything you can to make it as good of a decision Mm -hmm. as possible. You know, we, we Mm -hmm. act like, okay, I'm going to pick a lane and there's nothing I can do about my experience in this Mm -hmm. lane. Right. But you can do, you can, you know, actively again, step into the leader role and say, well, how do I make the best of this? You know, there might be some things you regret about it, but okay, here I am. I'm, I'm trying to think of a good um, private practice example. Um, I mean, even if someone leaves their agency job and they start a private practice and then they go, oh no, I wasn't ready. And it's too late. Well, guess what? you're going to, you're committed to this private practice now because you got to make money and you got to put food on the table. So keep learning and make the best of it and learn how to fly while you're building the plane. And, you know, worst worst case scenario, agencies are always hiring. (laughs) That's true. True. 
but I would not advise going back, but you know, but the absolute worst case scenario, agencies are always hiring. It's not like you can never go back to an agency after you leave. Um, I I think one of the things I really want people to avoid doing is, um, and and this kind of goes back to the first thing I said is like making a decision finding out that there are some negatives to it or that there are things that are hard about it and then going, Oh no, why did I decide that? You know, (laughs) putting all this energy into coulda, shoulda, woulda and regret versus going, okay, I made a decision. It's hard. There are challenges to it. I'm the leader here. So how do I want to make the best of, the situation as it is, how do I want to bring self-compassion into this and make sure that I'm, I'm caring for myself as I make some hard decisions and do, I can you know, do hard things. I can do hard things, right. Um, that it, we can waste so much energy trying to get it right. Mm-hmm. I have the perfect example of what you were talking about earlier about like maybe making the wrong decision for college. That's not something that you can go back and spending so much time stressing out about, Oh, I made the wrong decision. And how do you make the best of it? Mm-hmm. So when I was in high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I, I've probably told this story on the podcast before. So if you've heard it, then I'm going to tell it again. But um, we, I, I went to a, we had to do like an internship. So I did an internship at a CPA office and because I had no idea what I wanted to do, but I knew that I wanted to go to college so I could get a good job. Uh, you know, that was the the thought at the time. You don't really have to do that now, but it was like, I know I'm going to college, but I have no idea what I want to do. So mm-hmm. I worked at the CPA office. So I'll just go for accounting. And then I ended up getting a little bit through the program and I'm like, well, I'll pick business management because it's a little bit more general and maybe I'll have more opportunities Mm -hmm. and, and didn't. So I graduated with my business management degree, couldn't find a job, went back to work at the mall uh, for a little while, then went to a temp agency. And then fast forward to my late twenties, I all of a sudden knew that I wanted to be a therapist. Mm-hmm. And I beat myself up so much because it's like when I was looking about going into grad school, I'm like, I'm just now figuring this out. I've been out of school like six or seven years and now I'm going to have to go back. I'm going to be so far behind everyone else. And I'm not going to, I've been out of the school mode and I don't have any, I've never taken a psychology class. And here I am going to school for this. Like what? It's, I'm going to be so far behind everyone else. I'm not going to know what I'm doing. And during my first um, class in grad school, I mentioned this to my professor and I'm like, I have a degree in business management. Like I, you know, everyone else is going to be leagues ahead of me because they know all this stuff about psychology. And he said, well, you want to open up a private practice, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he was like, you're going to be leagues ahead of of everyone else that wants to open up a private practice because you've got that business know-how. And just hearing that, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have been fretting over this decision at all. And I think that it just happened. You know, I didn't feel like I really chose that, but I'm so thankful that I had that experience because it's helped me out so much with the businesses that I run today. Um, So thinking about that, because I did spend some time in regret, like, oh my gosh, I made the wrong decision. But at the time I had no idea what I wanted to do. It's not like I could have made the right decision. (laughs) (laughs) Right. The right, as if there's a right decision, right? Yeah. yeah, I I love that story, Cindy. And what it illustrates too, and again, the 
I always end up kind of going to this deeper spiritual place with building a private practice or building a business. There's a spiritual level here too Mm -hmm. of, you know, it, it also brings up our stuff around, can I trust God or the universe or whatever? Like, can I trust that all of this is here to grow me and expand me? Mm-hmm. And that even the things that seem really hard and really scary or very unclear are an opportunity for us to grow and that they make they may play into the story later in a way that we had no idea at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, that's what we're doing as therapists, right? Is we're, we're not saying, oh, let's take away the pain of what you've dealt with. It's like, how is this going to potential as you're healing it, how might it fit into your larger arc of your life story in a way that's more integrated? Um, And it's the same thing with our businesses. We just, every little moment, every little coulda, shoulda, woulda, every little like terrible decision (laughs) that we might make, um, every failure, every mistake, we just don't know how it might fit into the larger arc of things. And can we trust in that moment, especially when we're wanting to freak out, um, can we trust that, you know what, this is all for the better good. This is all meant to teach me something and I don't know what it is yet. And that's okay. Yeah. Just being able to be in the moment and knowing that things are working out behind the scenes, even if you're not, you know, you're not always going to be aware of it and things, things are happening. Things are in the works that, and, and you have no idea how amazing it can be if you're just patient with it and, and not too much, put too much pressure on yourself. And, and, you know, the flip side of that, um, because I can almost hear (laughs) the people going, but nothing good did come out of this or, you know, whatever decision they might've made. And I can certainly think of decisions where I'm still looking for the redemptive story in it you know <laughs> but, um the other the other side of this too is can we give ourselves permission to grieve and we might make decisions that take us down a rabbit trail that wastes some time or money or energy um or that hurt us or whatever i mean you know every time we have to make a decision we're we're choosing a pathway and we're having to say goodbye to the other pathway right or we might go down the pathway and something really bad might happen. We have to have permission to grieve. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, even if it's just grieving the loss of, well, what would have happened if I'd gone down this trail, you know, and, and even good change has a little mini grief process. Um, and so again, part of this self-awareness that I just really want everyone to keep developing as part of your business practice it all comes back to self-awareness is can you just give yourself a little space to grieve to go, okay, I have to make a decision. I'm not going to do Instacart anymore. (laughs) Okay. I might make the wrong decision. I mean, I'm going to have like a five second grief period. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. Or, you know, um, Oh, but what if I had done insurance and it had brought in a lot more money a lot sooner and made things easier. Okay. Well, I let go of that possibility. And can I give myself space to grieve that if mm-hmm. that's the case, right? It, 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 grief is part of self-compassion too, as well as part of our self-awareness. So, yeah, yeah I think that's important to, to allow space for. Mm-hmm. 
if you're picking one lane, you have to say goodbye to the other lane. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and again, this is a skill. It's a practice. It's not something that anyone is supposed to inherently know how to do well right off the bat. I mean, some people probably make decisions too rashly and, and don't put enough thought into it. I think you and I are speaking to the people who overthink it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a skill to learn. And that means you need patience and time and compassion and, you know, to, to know that, oh, oh and so, like body care, like you got to get sleep and rest and food because it's a physical process. Um, so, yeah, you're going to get better and better at the decision making as you do it. So every time you choose either a big thing or a little tiny thing. Here's how I'm going to set up my office. Not, not this, right? You're, you're getting better at that skill. And there's a lot of power in that. Yeah. And I think you're getting better at taking action because when I started my practice, I was really slow to make decisions and did overthink everything. And I listened too much to other people that took me away from what my vision was. But then once I got the courage to say, no, I'm doing this, even though a lot of people said it wouldn't be successful or it's the wrong decision being a, that was really hard. Um, But once I done it and saw like how it worked out because it fit so well with who I was and it made me so happy. I'm like, oh, so the next time one of these decisions comes, like, I'm not even talking to anyone about it. I'm, I'm like, I'm following my heart and following what I want to do. And I'm not really going to ask other people for their opinions because they, they don't know me or my life or what I'm passionate about. Um, so it's gotten so much easier over the years. Now, when I have an idea, I of course think about it. I do research it some, but I go for it. I'm not as invested or interested in what other people have to think about it. And look at that confidence. Isn't I know. Cool? I would have never imagined myself saying that because I'm like, oh, does that come across rude? Is that going to like offend someone? Is that, you know, that's where I was in the beginning. I, and I was thinking more about other people, which right. they're not working in my business every day. I right. am. So <laughs> I need to build it only around me and the people that I want to serve. Right. Right. And, and this is case in point that your business is here to grow you. And it's helped you. I mean, I think both of us have had the experience of becoming more confident people who are more comfortable owning our power uh, and and owning our leadership just by doing all this stuff. So it's, this is great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a wonderful sentiment to end on is that our businesses are here to grow us. Yes. Yeah. Way to make a decision on this podcast episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Doesn't it feel good? You're so decisive, Cindy. I know it's, it's amazing. (laughs) I would have never imagined I'm really growing into it. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you letting me come here and talk about this and, uh, and fulfill my, um, my high school prediction. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's been a wonderful conversation. So let everyone know how they can get into touch with you and if they want to work with you. Yeah. Um, so I'm at janecartercoaching.com. Um, and I do a free clarity call if people want to talk about how to you know, work on their business goals. Um, I also have group masterminding sessions and I love to give people a free visit to that. So um, if you're interested in that, you can also 
uh, just reach out to me through my website. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Cindy. Thanks, everyone. During each episode, I'll be giving you one small takeaway, action step, or mindset shift. I'll call these acorns. Listen to episode zero to get the scoop on what the acorns are all about. The acorn from this episode is more of a challenge to you. I challenge you to make a decision that is difficult for you to make, but you know that this decision is aligned with your truest desires and higher self. You've likely been putting off the decision because there may be some consequences. Maybe the decision is unpopular with others, maybe you will feel judged, or maybe someone will get mad at you. Life is short, and it's time that we stop putting our truest desires on hold because others can't see our vision and path. So if you feel called to do so, make that decision that leads you to a more authentic version of yourself. As I outlined in episode zero, I'll be alternating between a fun fact and what I'm digging segment with each new episode. What I'm digging for this episode are destination therapist conferences. I recently returned from the 2021 Maui Foundations of Connection Summit hosted by the amazing Ernesto Segismundo. What an amazing experience. It was a perfect mix of vacation and connection. I highly recommend destination therapist conferences because of the many benefits. You can connect with colleagues, travel, see new places, get CEUs, write off some of your expenses, and add on some days for vacation. If you are interested in upcoming events that Ernesto is organizing, check out the 2022 Not the Typical Psychotherapist Summit in Nashville, Tennessee next May. I'll definitely be there, and I hope to see you there too. And I believe the next Foundations of Connection Summit is currently being planned for 2022 on the big island of Hawaii, so stay tuned. Thank you so much for joining me today on your private practice journey. If you would like to learn more about Jane and the wonderful work she is doing, please visit her website at janecartercoaching.com and follow her on Instagram at janecartercoaching. Also, if you haven't already listened, be sure to check out episode 14 of the podcast where Jane talks about overcoming common fears in private practice. And for episode 26, I'm going to answer the question, should you list your rates on your private practice website? In the meantime, join me over on Instagram at Mountain Practice Journeys. There's no way you can know how much it means to me that you choose to join me here as I share all things related to private practice. Please subscribe so you don't miss a step. For more information about this episode, visit the show notes page at mountainpracticejourneys.com slash podcast. I truly appreciate you trailblazers. Your mountain is within reach. Journey on.